Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. Here is your host, Steve Collins. Coach Unplugged is sponsored by Health IQ, an insurance company that helps you as a conscientious person, like a runner or um, someone who's physically active. It's a great way to describe it, isn't it? Um, gets lower rates on their term life insurance. What a great deal. <laughs> Go over and check it out. Um, Use our link if you can. That's one way for you to go and see if you qualify. Get a free, you'll, you'll get a free quote and you'll see if you qualify. Um, it would be health IQ, like intelligent IQ.com slash BCU. Um, and they will help you, you know, um, they will walk you through. They won't channel you off to someone else. Um, so they will walk you through the steps and then they'll, um, They'll get you a quote if you and if you qualify, and uh, what a, what a great way. And and I like I've said, I don't take uh, advertisers that I don't believe in. I think term life insurance is important for everybody. It's that it's that safety umbrella, just like a, as a basketball coach, you know, you personally probably should have your kids wearing ankle braces or knee braces or stretching before they they practice. Well, you're worried about their their well being. It's the same thing with me with with this, you know. Um, I want to see if you qualify, if you're, if you fit into the categories. And if you do, you can save money um, anywhere from four, I think it's four to 33% on, on, on life insurance, term life insurance. And, and that will be, that's a safety, just like an airbag safety in a car. This is a safety net for your entire family and the ones that you love. So go over and check them out. HealthIQ.com slash BCU. While you're doing that, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Um, we're coming up to that point where the, the prices are going to increase. So if you're, if you're thinking of getting in, they're going to increase substantially too. Um, I think our, I think our monthly is going to increase almost by 50%. So um, go over and check it out. If you're thinking, if you're on the fence at all at this point, um, go over and check it out. 
www.teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. And the last thing before we, we get into the podcast here is I would ask that you leave a review. Um, it is literally something that you can do for us over here at Coach Unplugged. It's really easy. Go over. We'd love five-star reviews. We would love a written review in there. Tell us what you think of the podcast. Um, leave a five-star if, you, if you're thinking this is good. And maybe tell us what you want to hear. What, what do you want to hear moving forward? So we're here to, to serve you. Let me know how I can help you kind of moving forward. So here we go. Coach Unplugged. All right. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. Um, Coach, can you, can you pronounce your last name for me? Welling. Welling. Okay. I, I always butcher last names, so I always ask people. Um, so mm-hmm. so we're, well, the way usually I start these podcasts is I have people kind of um, go through their basketball journey. I know a bit about it, but, um, you know, where you started kind of, I know your five-star and all that kind of um, journey you had. But if you could just kind of share with everybody that's listening kind of your basketball, I don't know, experience or journey. Right. Okay. So I start out um, um, when I was like um... – uh, 10 years old and I uh, got to watch like um, Henry Bibby's uh, Bibby's lunch so I fell in love with uh, basketball at that moment and I was a huge uh, UCLA basketball fan and uh, I guess at the age of 12 I always wanted to replace John Wooden (laughs) was my goal at uh, UCLA so I guess it would be UCLA Um, we moved to uh, my dad got stationed at Fort Carson in Colorado. Okay. And uh, and uh, got to uh, watch uh, the Denver Nuggets training camp there with Larry Brown and uh, uh, David Thompson and Dan Issel, Bobby Jones, and uh, you know a bunch of other other guys. So I got to watch the whole week at a real young age. And the only basketball camp I got to go to uh, was Larry Brown's uh, growing up. So it's like uh, I think it's it funny how a, I think it's funny how teams because I I grew up like Lakers Celtics kind of thing you know it was like right that was that was the defining moment you were either a Lakers fan or a Celtics fan you couldn't be both um, right and to the kids this year I mean it was Magic and Larry and it was you know you, you were right down the center you either picked one or the other but I think it's funny how that kind of those kind of moments kind of define you as a as a lover of the game, of as a coach, and those kind of things. All right, so then yeah, what happened? So then we got fortunate. We got fortunate that what what it was called USA Basketball when it was first called, it was run by a guy named Bill Wall. They moved to uh, Colorado Springs to have their uh, headquarters because the Olympic Training Center was uh, just built there, um, and it was called ABA USA at that time. Okay. So Bill Wall. Bill Wall would let me uh, see like all these uh, yearbooks from from FIBA and from ABA USA and all these basketball books, and uh, and and he just let me hang in his office. So um, I get I got to watch uh, you know a lot of uh, sports festival teams play the the four uh, teams. Uh, when we used to have the Olympic sports festival. So I get to watch a lot of different practices and uh, got to watch the 1980 Olympic team that didn't get to go to the Olympics uh, 
practice in Colorado Springs and play. They had a like Isaiah Thomas and Mark Aguirre and, and a great player, Michael Brooks, who if he would have never torn up his knee, would have been a great NBA player as well. Yeah, he would have been. Yeah. I remember him. Yep. And then Sam Bowie was on that team, Darnell Valentine. So it was a, it was quite the quite the thing. And then my I um didn't really have like a it wasn't a great situation. The reason I like pushed myself as a coach is because uh at that time there wasn't a great uh, teaching in elementary school or uh, or uh, junior high. Right. So there was nothing. And so I said, I'm never going to let a kid go through that like I did. So I always, uh, I started buying uh, probably books while I was in high school. And, uh, and then my high school coach had about, he was from originally from uh, Richmond, Indiana. And, uh, I know that he is. had films by a he had films and he played there. He played again, he played in the same final four as uh, Milan that won it all there. Right. Uh, the, yeah. The Hoosiers. Yep. That so whole league. Was, yeah. Leagues. That's a little yeah. crazy league. That Richmond league is a crazy league where I think the minimum seating capacity is like ten thousand for a high school gym in that league. Yeah. So so yeah. he had uh, he had every like it was eight millimeter film or sixteen millimeter films of everything and he'd won the state championship in Colorado in 71 and 73. And then we had an older uh, black gentleman come in and uh, coach and teach uh, the fast break and get us in condition, uh, uh, a guy named John McClendon. Yeah. So, but us as, a, as, as a kids, we didn't really know who he was. He's a humble, great teacher. And, you know, you don't realize that he's like James Naismith's uh, prodigy right and and my high school coach was uh extremely close to him so his system of play was pretty much john mcclendon's system of play right um fast break and uh used the four corners which john mcclendon invented not dean smith right so it was that so i got to read a bunch of stuff and uh and uh, our high school back then started as a, as a sophomores uh, started it instead of that. So, um, with that being said, uh, the junior high basketball in Colorado Springs wasn't uh, the best, you know. Right. We had maybe one coaching junkie, and uh, he later on helps me become a, a really good coach. So, yeah, I think it's funny how the how the generations have changed too. You know, I. You, you don't see where I'm sitting right now, but I basically have a, a, a full room, a bookshelf of books. Because I think we grew up in a different era where, you know, I got, I have a couple on, what do I have on my desk right now? I'm reading, um, I'm reading Coaching Your Sons because my son's a freshman right now. And I'm reading The Smart Take from the Strong, which is a Pete Corral book, which is an awesome book. But it's amazing how um, I think that, I think, you know, maybe the generation that's coming up isn't, they're maybe more visual than they are sitting down and reading a good basketball book. And um, I think that's changed a little bit. Yeah. And I got like, I got Steve, I got like uh, every medalist book that you could have and the seven up uh, coaches yearbooks. I'm Gregor. Oh, I have all those USA coaches. I got all, I got them from like the sixties on. Up. I know. And I got so, VHS tapes too. I'm hoping that they keep making VHS right. because I got so many VHS tapes. It's, oh, it's, it's crazy how many tapes I have. So what, it, what, it, what I 
did was uh, I got I got subscriptions because we you know we read about stuff in the streets and slip. So right. I ended up uh, subscribing to Eastern Basketball, Basketball Weekly, and then Basketball Times came along. But then that's I started reading about the camps. So the two major camps we were doing was Five Star and DC Camp. Right. Run by uh, Bill Cronauer. And yep. and I, went to, by yeah, I, went to, I went to BC. I didn't go to Five Star. I don't know if it's a Midwest thing. I went to the one in Indiana. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Rensselaer, right? Yep. It was in Rensselaer. And it was like, and for the people listening right now, so I, I graduated high school in 85. It was like, there wasn't the AAU system that there is now. You If you wanted to play, you went to one of these camps. This is, sure. if you were legit and you could play, you wanted to go to one of these camps because that's where you got you got seen. You didn't get seen on you know in Vegas on a in a Tuesday in July. It was one of these camps is where you'd make a you know you'd make a ranking and then someone would follow up. And um, I'm just putting in perspective for people listening. The, the the shift has obviously happened toward AAU, but keep going. Right. I'm, I'm very. Man, what's what's what what's sad is uh, the the other things that kids got to grow up with at our time since I like I lived in a military town that's Colorado Springs you got Fort Carson the Air Force Academy you had uh, Peterson Air Force Base and, and other things is uh we got to go play the GIs all the time right which uh, got eliminated after 9-11 yeah for kids kids couldn't go out and that's playing against the older guys that were division one players and joined the military and yep. I saw Coach K play I saw Coach K play as a uh was an, uh, and they don't let that happen because it's security. Is it security? Yeah, security. Yeah, security. You should be able to just take the bus. And it, uh, um, you know, I lived on Fort Carson, but when I moved off of Fort Carson, right. you should be able to play, uh, take the bus, go on. They let you let you off. Go to, go to the uh, gym and play. Right. Against the GIs and the same thing at Peterson Air Force Base. Right. Okay. So we're not. We, we always talk about. Um, So everybody, we had some <laughs> coaches calling from Colorado, and I'm guessing we hit a bad sell. Um, so what I'm going to do is try to get him back on here. Um, hopefully, when he gets a little bit better um, reception, and uh, we'll take off from there. So, little gap, it's fine. You, for those of you listening in the podcast, um, really won't affect you at all because I will do the editing. Might affect the people that are doing the. Um, doing the odd uh, video. So then you, you might be spliced together. It might not be quite as smooth for you. All right. Hey everybody. I hope you're enjoying this as, as much as I am. Um, what I'm going to ask right now is that you go over and check out healthiq.com. Um, it, it is a, it is a life insurance term, life insurance, um, and it is, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't do advertising lightly. Um, health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates of life insurance for health conscious people, including runners, cyclists, strength trainers, vegans, all sorts of people like that. Um, you know, I believe in this. Um, you can help yourself and your family by going over and getting a quote and seeing if you qualify. I, you know, um, I have, I have term life insurance. I can't imagine something more important for me and the people that I love, um, I would, I would hope and encourage you to go and do the same thing. And you can help us out in the podcast too, um, by going over, hitting, going over and doing health IQ, uh, com slash BCU and, and get that free quote. See if you qualify. 
um, and take care of your family. Um, it's, it's a, it's a great company. They're, they're located out in Mountain View, California, which is where I wish I lived in Mountain View, California, to be honest with you. It is like heaven on earth. Um, I think I could probably as a teacher and a coach afford a, maybe a storage unit. I don't know if I could afford to live out there, but, um, so go over and check it out. Um, you know, it's, the, the testimonials, the things are there. If you go check out the site, you'll, you'll definitely see that, um, you know, their customers love it. You know, they, 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 they have a, and an trust pilot, they're like 9.6 out of 10 and I can throw statistics at you. I'm just telling you, go over and check it out, get a free quote, see if you qualify. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Yeah, sorry. Mr. No worry. We figured you were in. I figured you were in Colorado, and you hit some mountains or something. You couldn't do reception. Right. No. no, no. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. So, so, so let's let's start where we, I, you cut off there a little bit at the end. So you're talking about the GI guys. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but going and playing against the military guys, and and they, uh, kids don't get that opportunity to go play against adults very often anymore. Right. Okay. There's not there's <laughs> no uh, specific runs anymore, or, or great runs. You know what I'm saying? So you used to go to uh, play at colleges for runs. You used to go right. play at the military base. Right. For runs. Well, and what's funny is like I grew up in in Madison, Wisconsin. I could tell you every place you wanted to go if you wanted a game. You'd go to Penn Park. You go to Madison. I mean, there were like four or five spots that you would go, and and all but one of them were outside. <laughs> And right. you know you could go on a Tuesday at four and get a run if you wanted to. Um, and I think that I think that's hurt the game a little bit. Um, you yeah, because the older guys used to teach the younger guys how to play. They did. And I had an older brother, which helped and, a lot, yeah. And then, then we used to go up and play at the uh, uh, Salvation Army Red Shield Center up in uh, Denver where um, Michael Ray Richardson came out of. Um, right. Uh, Larry Farmer that played at UCLA came out of, and a bunch of pros that played there all the time. So Scott Wedman, Jill Barry Carroll, uh, Tom Chambers, the Gondrzak brothers. So what so, happened after? But, so so explain what happened after your high school career then. Okay, here's what happened. I I uh, came in with a very big class. Okay, my parents get a divorce. And I kind of come become like a street kid, and then I just play pickup ball on the streets, and right. uh, and and go from there. And then I, uh, 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 the assistant coach Tom Sandoval kind of helped save my life, so to speak. So he got to me where, hey, why don't you be the manager? Okay, because I I would have never been eligible grade wise. Right. Um, and so I got to do that. So I got to practice all the time with all the guys, whatever. And um, and go from there. But uh, um, I uh, got my first uh, taste of uh, going to a state tournament in our senior year, and uh, always wanted to go back and, and and win one of those. You know, yeah, they're pretty so special. They're pretty special. They're they're, they're incredible. So I've yeah. been fortunate to win three state championships as a as a varsity assistant and, uh, and that. so it was, uh, it was a big deal because it was at McNichols arena, which is torn down now where the Nuggets played at. And, yeah. uh, well, I tell people that for listening to that, it's crazy. Like, um, you know, you, there's a lot of, a lot of momentous things in your life, but when you win a state title, 
it's even, I think it's even different than winning a national title at the, at the collegiate level, because these are kids you grew up with. They're kids that you've known since you were in kindergarten, you were able to do something. Um, you know, I coach Wesley Matthews who plays for the, for the Mavericks and he still talks about it because that was all his buddies. It's all his friends. Most of them are still yeah. his friends. Um, you know, it's something they were able to do. And, and I tell the boys every summer, it's like, you can't buy one of those at target, man. You no. mom and dad can't go buy that for you. You got to go get that, you know, and um, it's so it's so you get the taste of the state tournament, okay? And it, and it used to be uh, around here, it used to be a bigger deal until Colorado had uh, um, when I moved back here six years ago, I was disappointed in uh, uh the state tournament here. I'm, I feel bad for the kids because it's not played at the uh, Pepsi Center here. Where's it? It um, isn't. No, it's played. Uh, it's been played at the uh, University of Colorado, or the uh, and the University of Colorado needs a new arena, in my opinion, desperately. Right. Um. Um. And then um, it's played at the Denver Coliseum. That's like you know older than dirt, basically. <laughs> and it's not it the same feel. It's not built for basketball. It's not the same thing. You know, here, here like in they hold the wrestling state wrestling meet at the Pepsi Center. You don't hold basketball, which is the you know right. It's kind of like football. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like a mini in Minnesota hockey kind of rules in Minnesota, and then uh, right. You know, basketball kind of the second fiddle. It's it's so sad. Um, yeah. So uh, let me ask you. Let's ask some basketball questions. I got some questions for you here. If you could only okay. do um, if you could only do three things at practice, what would you do and why? Oh, three things at practice. I would. Uh, um, I definitely, because I love shooting, so shooting would be the one thing that I would uh, definitely do. Okay. And then, um, and then, um, peer pressure drills and transition defense. Yeah, I think transition defense is way underrated. Um, I think it's so. Uh, if you don't get back, you're gonna get beat. And I think if you do get back and make people play five on five, uh, which most teams I don't think are very uh, exceptional at half court offense. I don't think they are. Right. Do you guys have a shot clock in your uh, state? No, I wish, uh, wish they did. We do. We, we, we just, our just, ours just passed in Wisconsin. So it's 2020 is the year it's going to mm-hmm. start here. Um, so it'll be interesting. Are I, they doing it at every level? No, they're just doing it at the varsity level initially. My concern is more for the lower levels, like the um, the smaller schools. It's like, what's going to happen when that shot clock gets down to ten? You know, right. what kind of shots are going to be taken? It's. I don't think it's going to be. You know, <laughs> um, I think the higher level. Well, you got you know, like you got these guys, uh, you know, uh, Paul Bincardi and Fran Frischilla that's been speaking out years that everybody should have a, um, the shot clock in high school. Right. But how many? Uh, how many? How, how many schools can afford to operate it? I'm not talking about the system. That's system's easy to buy, pay right. for. Right. But the, but the the third person on the thing and a, and a trained third person on them. Well, it's the like having an you official, right? It's like having an official. I I think they're sure, underestimating right. how hard it is to run a shot clock. Right. I mean, you, you know, and then, I mean, you're getting guys that are, you know, working all day and then come and officiating the games. These aren't professional officials either. So, no. you know, they're, they don't have instant replay to see if the ball hit the rim. You know, how many games are going to be, I don't know. Right. 
it, it will be an interesting thing. Um, if you could go back, if you could go back as a younger coach, what would you tell yourself? Um, to be uh, uh, patient and to um, uh, keep things simple. And uh, and uh, the greatest lesson I learned from my high school coach is to stay away from the refs, which I never got really on the refs. But still, even, you know, just coach the game and the kids and, you know, leave the refs alone. Right. And that's I think that's hard. You see this thing that happened with LeVar Ball today. You know, he walks off. And, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, my gosh. Um, so, so, so summarize your coaching philosophy. You kind of did there a little bit. You know what would what would be? I, your think, I think I think my coaching philosophy would be uh, uh, team play, fundamentals, and conditioning. You know. Okay. You know, I, I think that uh, the we, I think that the 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 twelfth man is just as important as the the, the the star player, and don't be afraid to coach the star player. Right, and I think a lot of I people, think a lot of these guys are scared to coach the star player. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely are in the summer, I think. So what goes yeah. into a, what goes into a practice plan for you? So let's say you're coming in, you're walking in the gym. What goes into um, – because I've been doing a lot of digging and practice planning because I'm a teacher too. I think – I don't – I'm not sure practice planning is something that's done really effectively at this point. Um, you know, it's like a lesson plan. But Okay, so, so in, in, in keeping everything simple, uh, Steve, is I, uh, you know – my uh, belief is is having like shooting be the pre-practice. Okay. Okay. And then j- jump into uh, the, my my practice is Oregon State Ralph Miller. So it's going to be every day. It's going to be two lane setups, split the post drill, um, um, three lane rush, three man figure eight, um, three on three. So you do. So you do the same thing every day for ninety days, or do you vary it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to do that, and then that gives me the first uh, forty-five minutes. That's every day, you know, something every day, and then uh, working, you know, just keep on working. uh, And then that gives me an hour fifteen to do potpourri, basically, you know. Right, and and, and, yeah, but but I'm making sure, you know. I, you know, I love that but, uh, description you know, of potpourri because it's like, I always talked about Madeline Hunter. It's like, you got to be, you have this outline when you walk in and then you got to be willing to adjust. You got to be willing to monitor and adjust. Like, right. So you know, I this, guess it would be more or less like, since you're reading like Pete Carrill, all right? right. Yeah. Pete Carrill's uh, first 30 minutes is, uh, is uh, fundamentals like Ralph Miller's was. Right. Okay. So it's basically uh, the same thing. And then they're going into, I guess after that, I'd be more five on five, Steve. After yeah. that, after that 45 minutes, right? I'd be more five on five. But I'm making sure five on five that I'm covering. So we're going into uh, um, breaking every type of press, okay? Right. And at each level. So it's full court, three quarter court, half court, and working on that daily, all right? And it's working on daily, uh, working against odd front zones and even front zones. Okay. Yeah, so, so yeah. So yeah. What I tell what I tell because there's such a wide range of coaches that listen to this podcast. It's crazy. What I tell them is it's almost like a line going down. 
when you're dealing with a third to fifth grader, the, the, most of your practice should be fundamentals. And as, right. and as, it, and as, as they get older, the amount of fundamentals go down because you're working on other things right. because they are able to dribble with their left hand or go, you know, right. jump stop or do those kind of things. So, you know, if you go, you know, what are they working on? So it's kind of a line. It's the math teacher in me, but you know, when they're starting up there in third and fourth grade or fifth grade, there, a lot of that practice is fundamentals. It isn't the five on five, right. which is what I see when yeah, I go. And, to like, and that's why yeah. I say that I did, I did this for 23 years as a, as a, as a fifth through eighth grade coach. Right. Ralph Miller system. I did it there too as well. Right. Okay. And it developed more than 75 kids that went in and played the, uh, you know, division one or division two basketball. Because they had the basis. It's like you can't read a yeah, novel yeah. before you know your letters. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, that's what I'm saying. And it emphasized the pass was the main weapon. And Ralph uh, Miller's system is the pass was uh, the main weapon. The 80-81 uh, Ralph Miller team at Oregon State was the best passing team I've ever seen in college. Who's the, best, who's the best passer you've ever seen in person? Person. Magic Johnson. Yeah, my my dad my dad and I get in an argument about this. I would agree. I mean, he he says he says Oscar Robinson was unbelievable. Um, right. Yeah, but it's hard. Yeah, Magic. Well, Magic had the Magic, Magic and, and then one day would be Larry Bird. I mean, yeah, and they had size to be able to see too. That helped. Um, right. They were able to see the floor and that size help. What would you What would you tell a young coach that wanted to get into coaching? I always get these emails. It's like, oh, I want to become a coach, you know, and depending on the level. Well, the, the, what, it's, what it's sad, Steve, is uh, we're um, being a um, person that worked the camp era, you know, I worked over three, 400 basketball camps in my lifetime. There right. isn't that training ground anymore. There isn't. Okay, I'm, I, I worked five-star, million sessions of five-star. Right. And I worked Morgan Wooten's camp at Mason Dixon. Right. I worked Bob Hurley basketball school, Duke, uh, Nebraska, Iowa, Iowa State, you know, uh, those kind of things. You know what I'm saying? Uh, right. Princeton's camp. Uh, there's no, uh, there's nothing like that anymore. Right. And that saying? was where the networking happened too, you know? Right. Yeah. And then you're learning different styles of coaching and teachers. Like, you know, at Five Star, you're learning under – uh, Rick Pitino, Hubie Brown, Dave Odom, Jerry Wainwright, Will Ray's, uh, um, Perry's, uh, right? You know, and so on. You know, you're lo- learning under the best teachers of the game. You know, and you're like you're learning different styles. You're learning from the Indiana high school coaches, the Illinois high school coaches, and you're learning from the Northeast coaches uh, from uh, you know from uh, Baltimore, um, you know, DC, and Virginia and New Jersey and, you know, New York City and, uh, and the East Coast, you know. So you're learning different styles. And from the South, uh, when you worked uh, at Radford from, at uh, Virginia Five Star, you're learning from all the Southern coaches, you know. Right. So tell, tell, tell us a little bit about Five Star, how you got hooked up with Five Star, and that intrigues me. Um, well, it would be um, – um, Eddie Schilling, that's the new assistant coach at Indiana. Right. Um, yeah, I would say he got me in there good, and he uh, he uh, told Howard Garfinkel that I should be his right hand man, and 
and worked uh, the camps out. They just kind of, Byford lost his uh, right-hand man, the king of five-star, he used to call Frank Marino. Uh, Frank Marino had passed away, and then Ed uh, suggested that to Garf that, since I knew a lot of people in Garf and a lot of people, that uh, we should, uh, I should help them run the camp, you know, during the summers. So what a great week. And, and I met Howard. We, we played in um, Beach Ball Classic, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago, and I got to meet him. I'd met him, you know, in my 30s, but what a great man. I mean, so personable. Took time to talk to my guys. Um, okay. But well, he, he predicted all this, the, the game here. Yeah. 25 years ago, he said this all happened. What's we got now? Really? a disaster for the game. He, there's no predominance for all this stuff. He and, foresaw what, all of us. and how did he see that? He see the money. He said they're going to teaching and the money. Yeah, they, we're going to go away from teaching and the money. You know? Yeah, they're, they're going to go everything to the money because, um, you know, he called he always called five star the last bastion of teaching. Well, of course that's not true, you know, but right. that's what he felt in his mind was this the last bastion of teaching. You know, at that time, you know what I'm saying? So. Um, he, um, he was, uh, he was all about the teaching and discovering teaching talent. He's more into discovering teaching talent than he was into discovering Michael Jordan, LeBron James, or Vince Carter or somebody, you know? Right. No, I know. I mean, he was, and he had such a knack for, yeah, being able to see it too. But, you know, um, if you could, if you could talk to one coach for an hour in any sport or anything, well, who would it be and why? Oh, it's easy. It's easy. I, I, and I get to talk to him anytime I want to Bob Hurley. Yeah. Okay. I so Bob I can't believe it's closing either. <laughs> no, no, it's just that the thing. But uh, it, it's it's uh, crazy. You know, the Catholic Church has got more money than God, you know. Right. You can't keep a bill. Uh, a, so I thought uh, that would be uh, what that church's beliefs are, is uh, helping others, helping the poor. Right. So, so what's he going to do now? It's all about money. I think he's just going to work with, uh, uh, give it a year and work with young kids uh, in Jersey City. He has a passion. He don't care, you know, how old you are. He's working yeah. with kids, you know. He's still doing his camps. And, yeah. You know, it's a sad situation that uh, it can't get financed. It's right. sad, you know. I know. I was watching the special, too. Do you, uh, do you have any superstitions? Yeah, I do. I do have some uh, superstitions as far as, uh, uh, you know, coaching, you know. Uh, you know, like I have to uh, take a nap before the game, you know, before a game. That's a good idea. Coach K uh, does that. And, and, uh, I would guess a nap. Um, I have uh, the other thing is, is that uh, um, I have, you know, different feels for the game long before the game, you know what I'm saying? So it's a, right. I guess I would be a preparation, uh, making sure everything's covered type of thing. You right. know what I'm saying? To, yep. You're over-prepare like me. Yeah. I'm over. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that one game day is easy. So, so, I sleep like a, I sleep like a baby the night before a game. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, I can't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. like people are going, are you sleeping? You're playing. And I go, it doesn't matter. I, I, I can't practice at 11 o'clock at night with my guys when we play the next day. I'm done. I got to just show up yeah. at this point. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And so the other thing, the other thing is that 
that I got from my high school coach is that the, the first half is just for fun. Really? And what do you mean by the that? First half is just for fun because most of uh, the, the first half really doesn't matter. Either you're up big, uh, close or whatever. It just doesn't matter. The first half is just for fun. And then you can play and come back from, you know, most situations or you can, you know, Right. The first half is just for fun. You play the first half just for fun. Fun. I like that. I've never heard that. That's true, though. It's like it's not. That's not where yeah. games are decided. Um, no. Yeah, they're really not. If you could, if you could change one thing about basketball, what would you change? Um, this is what I would. I would do is I, I would take out the three point line in uh, in high school. That's interesting. Why? Why I think I think that we uh, will get other things back into the game that we 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 uh, we are missing uh, more of a working for the best shot possible. Um, I think that's why like the the really good offensive coaches uh, of when we were growing up that I think they struggled the most uh, with converting to that um, would be like Bobby Knight and uh, Danny Crum, you know. Right. There were all, always guys that would grind it out in two different styles, UCLA high post offense and motion. But right. they worked it to, to get the best shot possible. Yeah. And I and, and the thing is, I didn't even let my son shoot a three until he was in like seventh grade because he wasn't strong enough. It's like these little right. th- third graders are trying to throw a ball. That was a big thing. A big thing. Howard Garfinkel hated the three, too, you know. So. Yeah, I'm not. I, yeah, I, I okay, also. Okay, so so then, then, then uh, so that you know, in college, anyways, the best um, the best shooting percentages were the years it was introduced in the '80s. Right. Still stand as the record. So Indiana, for the team record for has the team three point shooting um, thing for that year. All for the courses on the team, and um, and then others that shot more attempts that had the record for more attempts, the same era, the right. same eighties. Okay. So, uh, it's gotten, it hasn't gotten better. It's gotten worse. Right. Well, I also think with these, you know, if you go to an NBA game or a, or a division one college game, I don't think the court is big enough anymore for these bodies either. Right. Right. <laughs> no, for the athletes, you know, no. the athletes, you know, you got to no. It's like we almost got to move, make the court bigger and move the hoop up or something for these big guys because it's like it's crazy. It's not, you know, it's like, yeah. At some point, I think. Yeah, there was talk at one point of moving it to 11 or 12 feet of the basketball. Right. It would change the game again. It sure would change things. Yeah. Again. Um, all right. So I'm going to do know, my. Like, I'd like to see, I'd like to see big man play come back. I know. You know what I'm saying? It's a struggle. Um, it's a struggle. I had a great big man that ended up going to Dartmouth. About six, seven, and uh, yeah, it's a struggle. Everything's moving away from that, and everyone, you know, it's moving five out, and you know, the post-up game, and you know, the big guys don't get the benefits they used to get inside, and I think a lot of that's changed. Um, all right, so let me do my rapid fire. This is gonna be me, real quick question. First thing comes to mind, give me an answer. Um, what is your favorite basketball brand? Uh, my favorite basketball is Spalding. Spalding. Okay. Um, one word to describe your ideal player. Uh, complete. Uh, one sporting event you could go to in the world. 
uh, Masters. Yeah, I love that. that. Yes, I've been to the Final Four. Masters would be definitely high for me, too. Um, favorite pregame meal? Um, that's, that's good. It, it can be a variety of things. Okay. Steak seems to be the most common in that one. One thing uh, you do to relax? Uh, uh, listen to music. Okay. Best player you have seen you have seen in person? Um, Michael Jordan. Best player of all time. Will Chamberlain. Ooh, you're, you're all, Michael, Michael's got about 90% answers on these. One thing that helped you become a better coach. Uh, talking to people. Yeah. And, and, and a side note, before we go on, kids don't talk when they play the game of basketball anymore. It's crazy. That's one of my pet peeves, but, um, Best game you have seen in person? In person. Um, God, there's so many. That's it. That's, that's, I can't answer that. I mean, okay. I, I probably would say the state tournament the first time we won our state tournament. Yeah. That, it was I an go, overtime in England. We ended up winning one in triple overtime at state finals in triple overtime. Right. It's like, it's sometimes the one that you're in um one one word to describe your coaching style intense um best bench player of all time michael cooper uh best basketball coach of all time bob hurley uh one book you would recommend one book out of great oh basketball methods by Pete Newell. Okay. Um what one thing you would uh let a one thing you would tell a young coach? Uh, know your game. Yeah. Mine is be yourself too. You know. Right, right. <laughs> you can go to these clinics and all these coaches are great, but you can't be you're not going to be the next Bob. You can't take you take one you take one thing or something from people, you know. Right, it's kind of like going to a smorgasbord. Um, well, thanks for thanks for being on. I really appreciate this. This was a lot of fun. No, no, no problem. Thanks a lot for having me on, Steve. Thanks, Coach. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.